0: Three-time Cy Young Award winner Clayton Kershaw and his high school sweetheart and now wife, Ellen, split time between their native home of Dallas and their adopted home of Los Angeles. And through the lens of their nonprofit, Kershaw's Challenge, they've seen both communities rise up to try to help.
1: You know, talk about ways that we've seen America at its best right now. People are desperate to give and to want to find opportunities and outlets to be able to give back.
0: And one reason baseball means so much to the Kershaw's is that it's provided them with the opportunity to give back, not just at home, but across the globe.
2: It was just, it was just so providential to see, you know, God give us baseball, and then to have Ellen's passion of Africa, and then to use that platform for Kershaw's challenge. There's a lot of divine intervention there, so it was, it was really cool to see.
0: We'll talk about the work the Kershaw's are doing, and, as we often do, we'll talk about leadership, this time in the baseball clubhouse. And we'll find out who is the better Mario Kart and Smash Brothers player, Ellen or Clayton. I'm Andrew Kaufman, and this is The Strategist, presented by the George W. Bush Presidential Center. We've got a special round table today, and we're even recording video, which is a new thing, and I know I'm out of my element. Apologize for weird hand motions and anything else that happens, um, really more comfortable in audio only. But we had to do something special because this is a dual strategist podcast and Catalyst episode. And so first off, hello to my esteemed colleague, Brittany Bain. She's the newly minted editor of the Catalyst, the Journal of Ideas from the Bush Institute. We're celebrating America at its best. Brittany, thanks for doing this.
3: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: And in past years, right around mid-May, these folks would be traveling the country probably in first place in the National League West, but instead they're here with us. So thank you for taking a little time from your families to Zoom all the way in from across town, across Dallas. Ellen and Clayton Kershaw. Clayton, the three-time Cy Young Award winner, National League MVP. Thank you all so, so much for doing this.
3: Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited to be here.
0: So Brittany, why don't you kick things off?
3: Sure. Thanks, Andrew. So he mentioned that we're celebrating America at its best. We're doing that in our latest issue of The Catalyst, where we're really highlighting the helpers and heroes among us. And so what better couple to talk to than the two of you? So I wanted to start by asking you both, where are you seeing America at its best? Ellen, if you want to start and then Clayton.
1: Gosh, you know, just in our community, I think we've seen so many people just being really unique on how to connect with one another, Um, especially from our kids perspective. I just feel like people are getting really creative and We've had some drive-by concerts, these birthday parades that are happening, even there's schools that are doing online learning. And, you know, we do game nights via Zoom and play bingo, um, you know, socially distanced away. And so there just have been some really cool ways of you just realize it's such an innate need in us that we need to connect with people. And so people are getting really creative with how to do that and not see each other in person.
2: Yeah. I mean, to piggyback off that, one of our kiddos their school they uh they did a basically they threw an email out saying put bears in your front windows and uh act like your kids are going on a bear hunt and so you know you can walk your kids around the neighborhood and they can count the bears or the stuffed animals they see and um i mean that was so fun for our kiddos and i think just like ellen said just the innate like want and need to connect and i mean just even walking around here and like waving I mean just a simple gesture to wave I feel like everybody is waving now and just like saying hi and smiling as opposed to maybe people are so busy they just zoom through and you know don't even stop so uh people definitely aren't as busy now and uh it's been it's
0: been there are some great blessings that have come out of this time for us yeah so it's always inspirational to see athletes that are active in their communities Ellen can you tell us about Kershaw's challenge and what you guys are doing to support the communities that are dealing with COVID-19 right now
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Kershaw's Challenge is the name of our charity that Clayton and I began 10 years ago. We're actually about to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. And every year we roll out new beneficiaries and projects to Kershaw's Challenge. We get to raise money through our ping pong tournament in LA, through Casey Live, our country music concert in Dallas. And this year, right as we are rolling out our beneficiaries and our projects for this year, Obviously, we are in the midst of COVID, and there are so many organizations that are providing meals and relief for people that are really in need. And so, thankfully, two of our beneficiaries behind every door here in Dallas and the Dream Center in LA—they are on the front lines trying to provide hot meals and relief to people that are in such desperate need. And so, we just ran out this COVID campaign for two weeks, and I mean, it was amazing. We we raised over eighty five thousand dollars just in two weeks for these organizations. So you know, talk about ways that we've seen America be great. And at its best right now, people are desperate to give and to want to find um, opportunities and outlets to be able to give back. And and we've got to see that firsthand.
2: Yeah, we saw so many of our faithful donors to continue to support us. But something that was really cool was that we saw five, 10, $20 donations from across the country, just wanting to help with whatever they could. And I think that was special to see just people just like Ellen said, are willing to help and uh, just giving whatever hat however much or however little they have trying to support other people. So definitely, uh, definitely a cool thing to see out of this two week campaign.
0: You picked two charities, one in Dallas, one in Los Angeles, I guess your two homes, how did you pick these two organizations to support? Like, do they have special meaning to you?
2: Well, so like Ellen said, every year we pick new beneficiaries for our Kershaw's Challenge project. That's what we do every year. I have different grant applications. been just fortunate that we've worked with Behind Every Door in the Dream Center before, and we're going to continue to have them as beneficiaries. We have other projects that we're going to continue to do with them. But since they already had things set up for COVID relief and being able to provide meals, we just decided to do a quick two-week campaign and let people know that if you donated during this time it would be going to these two nonprofits. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was awesome. It it worked out really well.
1: You know, the dream center is serving literally thousands of hot meals a day to families who all of a sudden are without jobs, without foods, have all their kids home and not eating at school. And and same with behind every door, they're creating these care packages that they're delivering to people's homes with groceries and essentials and hygiene products. And so it's almost like we didn't want to recreate the wheel when We were trying to figure out a way to to support people in need during this COVID time. We just wanted to partner with those who are already on the front lines and had relationships built. Again, we just, we love these organizations. We believe in them and we we trust them. And we're thankful that our donors trust us and know that we do all the vetting beforehand and, and know where their money can go.
3: That's so great. One of the things that Kershaw's challenge and the Bush Institute have in common is a commitment to Africa. You know, President Bush started PEPFAR when he was in office, and we continue that work now through something called the Go Further Partnership, where we screen and treat cervical cancer on the continent. I was fortunate enough to be able to go a couple of years ago to Botswana and Namibia and see that work on the ground. And there is something. It changes your heart, I think. It changes your perspective on things. And I know that that's the case for the two of you. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah.
1: Um, Go for it. <laughs> well, I mean, we we love what the Bushes are doing over in Africa. You know, even in Zambia, where that's that's where Kershaw's challenge all began for us. I started going there. I mean, probably 15 years ago or, or something like that, and um, left a huge piece of my heart over there. And I always told Clayton the first time you hug a Zambian child, your life is forever changed because you know it becomes about that one kid. And if you could just change the life of that one kid, then that was worth all the work and, and all the money and, and everything it took to get over there. And sometimes I think we get really overwhelmed by the massive blanket of poverty that is Africa and, and all the need that is over there. And and so I just think that that's what we try to do with Kershaw's challenges. It's one kid at a time, one life at a time. And so we've gotten to build a couple orphanages over there, just children's home where these kids, about 30 of them now, 15 in each home are able to be raised in a home that feels like a family. They have brothers and sisters and house parents. And now we're finishing up a school over there. So, you know, that's been always the heartbeat and the cornerstone of Kershaw's challenge. And I'm thankful that the Lord has kind of expanded our vision to Dallas and LA and the Dominican Republic as well.
2: And our beneficiary over there is called Arise Africa. And so through them is kind of how we've been able to do all this. Like Ellen said, it started with one kid and her name was Hope. And I remember, I mean, clear as day when Ellen Got a phone, I got a phone call from Ellen from Africa just saying, we need to help this girl and we can do something more than just have you know her, her basic needs met. And now Hope is um, thriving in one of the homes and she's getting ready to finish up school and start thinking about a profession and things like this. And um, just to see where she was when Ellen met her, we think she's probably nine or 10 when Ellen met her. And to so where she is now is just, uh, like Ellen said, just to see that in one kid is, is, uh, is really special.
3: That's so great. Thank you guys for that incredible work.
0: Well, and that was 15 years ago, so you would have you would have been just kind of starting off in your baseball career and that memory's still with you this this many years later.
2: Yeah, that was actually our honeymoon basically. We got married in 2010 and then uh 3 weeks later she had me over to uh Africa. So I was uh that was my first trip over. Ellen had been going, you know, a few times before. That was so that was my first trip basically with her right after we got married and it was just it was just so providential to see, you know, God give us baseball and then to have Ellen's Passion of Africa and then to use that platform for Kershaw's Challenge. And there's a lot of divine intervention there. So it was, it was really cool to see.
0: While we're talking about the Bush Institute, another, another aspect that we're really passionate about is leadership and developing leaders. And leadership in baseball is a little different in that uh, there's no leadership training classes as far as I know of, not in the majors, but you're now well into your career. You're, Clayton, you're an all-star, you're a Cy Young winner, you're an MVP. So by default, you kind of become a clubhouse leader. Is that something you really relish and enjoy or is it something that that you seek out or does it just happen?
3: yeah
2: I became a veteran fast you know I looked up and I was surrounded by 22 and 23 year olds so that happened really fast but you know I think leadership isn't necessarily necessarily driven by success it's how people are drawn to you it's how um, it's how you interact with people in the clubhouse and it's been it's just been an, in, an interesting journey for me to have so many different people ahead of me and kind of realize what I liked and what I didn't like how how I really learned and the way I learned was by example I had lots of guys in front of me that They talked to me, but it didn't really do anything because I went and saw what they did and they weren't doing what they said. And so for people just to have that example, I think is so important. So I'm not a huge vocal leader, I wouldn't say, but definitely try to do everything by example and try to do the things the right way. And and hopefully people have questions about that. And um, that's kind of how I try to get through to guys is just by continuing to do the same things every day and be consistent. And uh, people end up respecting you for that.
0: You know, we've never had, I don't think, a major league baseball player or any other professional athlete apply to our presidential leadership scholars program so you know i think the schedules overlap right now but uh once you retire um, many years down the road I th- take a look at that i think you might get something Man, in. all right <laughs> i'll be we'll put in a good work for you great <laughs> you know let's keep talking about baseball a little bit we've got clayton kershaw here we have to talk a little bit of baseball you got a few miles on the t- on the tires now you're not quite as young as you used to be you still look good but you're not quite as young is this break good for you? Or have you, have you had this chance to rejuvenate a little more? Or is, are you worried about breaking out of that routine?
2: Yeah, you don't really get to build up rest. You know, like no matter how long you rest, you still play the season and feel the aches and pains of the season. So it, you you definitely need some recovery time, but you don't need the six months that we've had, obviously, now with COVID. So I'm excited to get baseball back. Ellen and I both are. We're excited to, if it does get to happen, We're uh, I'll be ready. It's, this is weird for us to be in Dallas at this time of year. We're not used to it. Um, everybody says it's hot here. It's beautiful weather. Yeah, I don't know what everybody's complaining about in the summer. It's beautiful. So uh, <laughs> we're we're excited to potentially get to play some baseball and um, I'll be ready to go.
3: And Ellen, what's keeping you guys busy with this unexpected family time you've got right now? Man, our
1: three children are keeping <laughs> us busy. <laughs> um, I'm,
3: we've been so spoiled having
1: Clayton around, you know, usually this time. Yes, we're in LA, but Clayton is on a plane every other week and, and we just try to follow him and, and travel a lot. So honestly we we get a little antsy when we're in one place for too long. We don't really know what to do when we've been in the same place for months on end. And so we're ready to get back out there. For us it's just a big adventure getting to do baseball and travel and, and our kids miss it. You know, they have baseball friends that, that we see at the games every night and, and in LA and so we are eager to get back there and but we also are savoring our time here with Clayton. We're not ready to give him up quite yet.
0: He's a famously a man of routine. How's he holding up? Is he going driving you nuts yet?
1: No, no, he's doing great. I mean, he he has an off season routine of he works out and throws in the morning, and that's kind of when we've been doing a little bit of homeschooling in the morning. Our kids are in preschool, so it's not anything too complicated. You know, from twelve o'clock on, he's all in. He's hands on, and we just tag team the three kids. You know, we've got a, a baby that's just three months old, and then two toddlers, and so um, there's plenty of activities for the two of us to. Run around and and keep busy with.
0: <laughs> which which of the three is going to be the athlete? Do you think? I mean, it depends. Uh, Charlie loves
2: baseball. Our middle middle son Charlie loves it. Uh, Cooper's just four months, so we're not sure. And then our daughter's oldest, Callie, she's five, and she's not. Uh, she she'll play, but I think she's more of like she'll probably follow in Ellen's footsteps and be like the dancer ballerina type. But I will say she is not like the Kershaw family, and that she's really fast. She can run, so maybe. <laughs> Maybe she'll have some track aspirations or something like that. And that's yeah. one thing that Kersh- neither of
1: us have. Yeah, though.
2: Kershaw's will never be able to do. So <laughs> that'd be cool if Kelly could do You're
0: your precision athletes, but not necessarily speed gazelles out there, huh? Yeah, I'm not going to win any
2: track meets. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, actually, that that kind of brings up uh, something that we were wanting to try with you guys. You know, one of you is a professional athlete, obviously going to be a hardcore competitor. But in every marriage, I think there's usually some sort of competition. So we wanted to throw a few topics out at you and, uh, you know, tell us who's better at which of these different things. And so let's try one on. You just mentioned, Ellen, you were a dancer. So you two get out there on the dance floor. Who's the better dancer between you two?
2: Uh, I mean, she's the better dancer, but I'll own my bad dancing,
0: though. (laughs) I will own it. I'm not afraid to get out there
1: <laughs> for sure. They yeah, use you know.
0: that do the lawnmower and all the other classic moves. Oh yeah. Whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah. What about, um, pop a shot?
1: Oh, wow. That's Clayton. Yeah. That's yeah. all Clayton.
0: I I'll take that one. Yeah. I, I can beat her. What's the, what's the special technique? Is it all on the wrist or is it elbow?
2: Uh, you know what? I don't know, but just shoot it fast and
0: hope it go in. Yeah. I'll say, you do a ping pong tournament every year? Who's the, who's the ping pong champion?
1: Uh, that'd be Clayton too. I've tried to keep up with him a little bit, but um, no, I, I turned my paddle in. I'm no good.
0: <laughs> you're you're like me then. I, I I find nothing more frustrating than trying to play ping pong. Like I can't catch. Oh, I know. I can He's never. good. <laughs> never hit it. Yeah, that's that was probably an unfair one. What about cooking? Who wins the cooking challenge in the household?
1: I think I could take that one. That'd
0: be her. Yeah, yeah. I don't even try.
1: We've had fun cooking during quarantine. It's given us a good reason to you know, have home cooked meals, sit down as a family. And so that's been a silver lining. What's your specialty? Sure. You know what? Right now I'm cooking through the new Magnolia cookbook and it's been awesome.
0: Brittany, you are too, aren't you?
3: Yeah, that's funny. I just got it last week. I haven't opened it you up did? yet, but I, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Okay, good. It's really good. Good. Another good quarantine project. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Who's better with the remote control? Who's better at picking something on Netflix to watch?
1: Yeah,
2: we're both not good at that. Yeah. Um <laughs> I think it's almost overwhelming to try and start a new season of something. So yeah. we ended up just watching.
1: We watched the same thing. Yeah. We just watched again.
2: reruns of like Parks and Rec and New Girl over and over again. It's By the end of the day, we don't want to like have to think and think of new characters to watch and understand what's going on. So just like a quick little funny show is what we need.
1: Yeah.
0: Mario Kart.
1: Oh man. That was our high school for us. The two of us got into heated competitions in high school over mm. Mario Kart. I, it might think, be, I think it was me.
2: It might be. <sighs> I don't want to give that to you. It's probably it's close though. It's close. Yeah.
1: No, but lately Clayton has busted out Nintendo sixty four. I have got to
2: back out though. It's so been he's fun. been doing
1: Smash Brothers in oh. his office and, and trying to teach our kids what all those are. It's great. Are. Yeah. <laughs> who's
0: your
2: who's your go to character? He's not character? a
1: video gamer.
0: Kirby. Kirby. Okay. Yeah. I was I was a Jigglypuff guy myself. I was, I all right. yeah, that was that. Yeah. That was as we, cool
2: as we were in high school. That's what we did in high school. So yeah. I played ping pong and Smash Brothers. It was great. <laughs>
0: So, you know, we never let anybody go without asking them kind of one final question. We, we usually ask one of two. One is, what are we not talking enough about as a nation? Um, but we asked, we've asked that one a lot recently. So we want to throw it at y'all. What is the question that no one has asked you in this long journey of doing this that you wish someone would?
1: I don't know if this really answers the question as well, but I think that the one thing I would want more people to ask about or talk about is how younger people, high schoolers, middle schoolers, Um, kind of the younger generation, what they could be doing to start making a difference right where they are. I think sometimes Clayton and I talk about how we kind of felt like we needed to wait until we were more established and had an income and had, you know, uh, a platform and you know, in more independence to start giving back. We kind of felt like we needed to reach a certain point in our life in order to start giving back, to start a foundation, to start doing things to make a difference. One thing that we just want to have more conversation about and and really be able to ask questions and try to figure out is how can the younger generation, how can our kids feel like they can be making a difference with the abilities that they have you know if they don't have money well let's do a lemonade stand to raise money you know if they don't maybe using their time or or reading books and for every book that they you know that they read their their parents donate a dollar to an organization something like that I just think that we'd love to connect with the younger generation and figure out how they can start giving back to others in need
2: I mean I think for me baseball wise a lot of people look at the end result and rightfully so you know it's the game's about winning and that's ultimately how you get judged in this game um which is the way it should be you know you're there to win but you don't just show up and win there's a lot of things that go into it on a day-in day-out basis to put yourself in a position to win so when people just ask about the final product i think people should ask a lot more about the journey and i think kobe had a quote like that and uh Kobe said something about, um, I don't want to butcher it, but, um, what I'll remember is the journey, not the end result or something like that. And, uh, that's what he'll miss. And that's what I'll miss too, is like the, the, in between, um, the games and just what it, what it takes to continue to perform at an elite level and win games. And I think people should just dive into that because everybody wants the end result, but not a lot of people have the willingness and the determination to continue to do it. And, um, you asked about leadership earlier. I mean, I think a lot of people can get up, maybe necessarily, and give really good speeches about leadership and talk about what it looks like, but there's not that many people willing to get down in the trenches and fight and grind and compete and can be consistent day in, day out to have the respect of people to, that they want to follow. You know, that's one of the things I admire about President Bush the most is just I feel like he had that mentality. That's, that's a long-winded answer to your question, but something about asking about the journey.
0: No, not at all. Guys, this was just an incredible opportunity. We can't thank you enough for doing it. And, you know, if there's any anything we can do for you guys ever, you know, maybe sometime we can do something in person when we're not all locked in our house.
3: I know, that'd be nice. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, we'd love, to
0: get, we'd love to get y'all out.
3: I agree. This has been a really special time. Thank you guys for taking yeah,
0: Thank
2: you, y'all. Yeah, we appreciate it. it. Thank yeah, you.
0: Have a good one, guys. Learn more about the work the Kershaw's are doing at www.kershawschallenge.com. And read the America at its best issue of The Catalyst out now at www.bushcenter.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Leave us a review or send us a note on Twitter at at the Bush Center. Thanks for listening.